was popping was popping was popping welcome to get moose i'm nikki that's moose what's up moose what up y'all and welcome to episode 92 one step closer to this hundred and we have a lot to talk about yes we're gonna talk about logan paul going into the wwe we're gonna be talking about uh, Chris Brown and why he doesn't post more. Uh, what's more important, uh, being uh, at the highest or being respected? Okay. Hmm. We're going to be talking about uh, FaZe Clan and their billion dollar self, right? More conversations, high level conversations with uh, 19 Keys and more. Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. There's uh, a lot of good gems. There's like a, almost like a new era that we're introducing on this clip or this episode, I should say, from both the branding and business standpoint. Big money, too, like big new money. So, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And shout out to all our audio listeners, all our Video viewers, new and old, we appreciate you. Um, and of course, this is brought to you by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one uh, live production software that Nikki and Moose is only ran on. Like, you see the videos, you see uh, the clips, you hear the audio. That's all done through Ecamm Live, the YouTube Live that we do. It's all through there. So if you want to be a part of Ecamm Live, www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm, E-C-A-M-M, for your 14-day free trial. You feel me? Yeah. But let's start it off. Moose, how are you feeling? Man, feeling excellent. It's been a really great week, uh, very productive, a lot of good energy. Uh, funny story, I went to the doctor uh, late last week and I found out that I'm allergic to the craziest things. You wouldn't believe them. I'll give you a dollar if you can guess one of them. Why would, why would I know? Why, what? I, I don't I, know. I don't know. It's just, you just already a fun owe me a like, quarter. Play. You already I do owe me you a quarter, quarter, but I was about to give you a dollar 25, like kind of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To get you a. All right. Um, <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Something you eat or something you wear? Drink. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sprite. Coffee. What? I know. I know. Do you drink coffee? Uh, bro, I drink coffee every single day, sometimes twice a day. I drink coffee more than... I drink coffee more than I drink water. No, nah, but she said something deep. Here's this. I'll just say this real quick because we got some work to do on the podcast. Y'all going to be excited for this. She said, just because you don't see any like physical issues with your skin when you drink them doesn't mean that your body internally isn't going through it. I was like, man, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty powerful. So you're dying you inside. Uh, kind of, yeah. Well, I've been off of coffee for a week now and uh, 
I started, uh, you know, changing up the game a little bit, and I feel fantastic. So, hey, get, get some, get, go, go see your doctors, y'all. Hey, you just never know, man. I've been drinking, I'm telling you, I drink coffee more than I drink water. I love coffee. It's so, like, I don't need coffee, but I love it. It's nostalgic to me. It just makes That's me feel good. And, <laughs> That's true. That's true. Not like I don't need it or nothing. Like, I'm good. I no, get off true. of it anytime. Yeah. See, no, I've been like, off stop. of it. The fact yeah. that you said you've been off of it for a week shows signs of addiction. Because that's. Really? <laughs> Damn. They caught me, y'all. They caught me. I ain't going to lie. But yeah, go go check them allergies, y'all. It's crazy. The craziest things I'm apparently addicted to, or I mean, addicted to, uh, allergic to. But uh, yeah, things are things are well though. Thanks for asking. How are you? Well, I'm I'm not allergic to coffee. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm not, I'm, blessed. I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not blessed. that. Blessed. I don't even drink coffee. So, you don't have chocolate gal chill, though. We can yeah. chill together more now because I don't drink coffee yeah. at all. Mm-mm. That's true. That's nope, very true. I don't do that. Um, it stunts your growth, and I'm still <clears throat> short. That's what my mom always told me. Is and that I never so? Grew. Maybe that's I why grew. I haven't gotten taller lately. Yeah. Yeah, but at least you grew. I did not. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I did not grow. Yeah. And my grandma's short. My mom's <laughs> short. And they all drink coffee. So I was like, okay, I'm going to beat this curse. No, 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 I'm still short. I'm still short. It's all good. Um, but I am Gucci. Um, I've been really excited about this whole little 90-minute sprint situation. I see you. I yeah. see you. Yeah. So, so for those who don't know, I saw something on TikTok that's literally like, uh, do a 90 minute sprint to um, increase your productivity. So what it is, is for 90 minutes, you already have your task list and everything like that. For 90 minutes, you turn off all your notifications, no distractions, and you just go in on the things that you have to do for 90 minutes. And then you have a 30 to 45 minute break. And then you could do another 90 minute sprint uh, in a different location just to change scenery, get your mind right. And you do about like two or three of those a day um, and Mm. see how your uh, productivity increases. And I did that like two, three days now. And when I tell you, they're like all check marks on my task list, everything and more. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I I, I made the, the whole like, on my phone, that little focus joint. Shout out to Apple for allowing they know. that. Because I didn't know, even when you put do not disturb, there's some things that could still happen and certain yeah. people that could still call. I, I erased everybody. No one could <laughs> call, text me. I, right. If there's an emergency, oh, well. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. 90 minutes, mm-hmm. I'm locked in, and that, that thing is fuego. So if y'all haven't tried that 90-minute sprint, uh, Y'all should do that, all right? Yeah, let's go. But let's get into this episode. So, uh, Moose sent me something, and I saw this actually a, a few weeks ago. Uh, Wall Street Trapper, who we we go and speak on a little bit later, uh, actually posted this on his Instagram as well. But Moose sent me this on uh, Warren Buffett set yet another record. One fan paid $19 million to have lunch uh, with the billionaire at the famous Smith and, how do you say that? Wolanski's. Yep. Mm-hmm. In New York City. Uh, the proceeds from the bid will benefit 
uh, San Francisco's Glide Foundation. So, uh, first off, shout out to the person who just chilling with 19 mil. Come on. For lunch. Right. For lunch. That's an hour. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Imagine, um, imagine, imagine when you could call 19 million lunch money. Literally. Like, literally. That's hilarious, yo. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a little, that's a little lunch money, a little pocket change, 19 mil. You know, no big deal. Uh, really cool, really cool. But I, di- I didn't want to say this, right? I actually thought it was interesting because for those who are listening, don't miss the lesson here, right? There's actually a lesson tied to this. We'll talk to it really quick. One of the things I learned from uh, actually uh, Grant Cardone in one of his books, right? He talks about for people who didn't grow up with money, one of the easiest things that you could learn to get comfortable with numbers is to subtract zeros from big numbers until you get to a place that you're comfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are listening, and for most people, you probably can't afford $19 million for a lunch, I still want you to go through the practice of the exercise and think about, man, what is a, a number that I'm comfortable with that I would pay somebody to sit down and do lunch with, and who's that person? So if you can't afford $19 million, can you do $1.9 million? Can you do $190,000? That's still a lot of money. Can would you it be, do, Would it be comfortable? I don't know if... I don't know if 19 mil was maybe comfortable for that person. That, that person probably had it, but oh, not sure. necessarily comfortable. Because, you know, I, I'm thinking <clears throat> the those people who pay for the mentorships and the coaching and everything, and it kind of stretches them, but it forces them to flip that information. No, for sure. I mean, at their level... I think they're not even paying for information or anything. They're paying for the relationship. I think the opportunity to sit one-on-one with Buffett and possibly strike up a business deal, that $19 million can be worth hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars down the line, right? So I do believe that. But yeah. I'm just saying for, for us as listeners, I do like the concept of being able to pull some zeros back, get to a number that you're comfortable with. Heck, it could be $190. You might be like, yo, $190 for lunch, that's still a pretty... Pretty, pretty darn skippy kind of lunch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, for those of you out there who are listening, what's a number that you're comfortable with? Keep pulling some zeros back from 19 million until you get to a number that you're comfortable with. And just real quick, ask yourself, like, yo, how much am I willing to pay? And who would I sit down with? I got my person. Nikki, I want to ask you as well, right? So I said, uh, I actually said a few people, but I'm going to go with this one first. Of course, you, do you, you think, do you? I'm not going to tell you to guess. I, I do that to you a lot. I don't want to make you guess wrong again. Matt Carter. <laughs> yeah. I, make you, yeah. I make you guess wrong all the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, crazy. I'm not going to do crazy. it no more. It's crazy. I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to do you like that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do you like that. It's like, you know. Uh, but no, Matt Carter, man. I actually think Matt Carter is someone who I would like to sit down and do lunch with. You know, maybe for like 1900 maybe. Yeah, you know. That's a, that's a big lunch, $1,900. little one-hour lunch with uh, Math Carter. Uh, I said a couple names. I actually said Math Carter, A-Rod. Uh, who else? That's all it for now. That's all I got for now. But yeah, I, I, I would like to, uh, to chop it up with them for lunch. Um, I would... Okay, two names come in mind. One, you could probably Can guess... I- I one know, you can probably guess, one you can't. It. Wait, you is can't. the first one is the first one dead or alive? That's all you gotta tell me, and I know exactly who it is. So, okay, I didn't pick dead because. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I didn't right. pick no, dead. it's easy. Because it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Okay. Kanye. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's one more yeah. that I know okay. you will never guess. Come on. Okay, now no. I want you to guess and get it wrong. Come uh. on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why don't you get this wrong now? Right. Um, give me a clue. Like something. Are they? Uh, filmmaker. What? Filmmaker. No, I have no clue. Oh, Tyler Perry. Oh. No offense. No offense, Tyler. Yeah. Like, you see my face. No. <laughs> like, nah, I don't want to see what Tyler Perry is. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, Steven Spielberg. Oh, that's interesting. I've mm -hmm. never heard you talk about him. Right. Yeah, right. that's cool. But more for understanding such from, like, back then, the importance of storytelling and, like, the success of some of his, you know, best work. What was his thought process of it and things like that? Um, because I think if you could break that down, everything else in this day and age is super easy. So that's so cool. Yeah, I would. I would. I would, I would put some. Nice. Put some bucks around there. I would do that. Low, low yeah, cheddar yeah, yeah, for lunch. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. do that. Right. Um, but it'll probably be a quick conversation. Me, I get straight to the point. It is not more like I'm here really? for a specific reason. Like, mm -hmm. love to have the relationship, but more, I need my questions asked so I can flip it so mm -hmm, I can't mm -hmm, make this mm -hmm. money back. Because, yeah, you're not cheap, sir. You're not. Right. Right. Is what it is. But, yeah, I, th I think. And, and, and for, for the people who are listening or watching, uh, let us know who you would love to have uh, lunch with and that you would put some money up for whatever your mm -hmm. prices or whatever. But what, who would you be like, ah, this is a little stretch, right. but I would love to just sit down and, and if you want to say Warren Buffett too, cool. If you want to do the typical one, I know Jay-Z was a trending one before, like right, right. this amount of money or the lunch and certain people were like, nah, I'm gonna take the money. Mm. I remember that some people were just like yeah I'm gonna take the money so it is what it is but let us know so this next one is pretty interesting but I'm not very shocked let's just put it this way uh, Logan Paul has made recent news of signing with WWE for those who don't know what WWE is uh, for the old school people of WWF, right? Mm. Um, he is getting into wrestling. So we already knew that uh, Logan dipped his toe with uh, boxing and fought the best uh, boxer alive to some, which is Floyd Mayweather. And he did make a, like, debut, I believe, in, like, WrestleMania, one of those big yeah. uh, events and now he signed with WWE. The, the amount of money that uh, he's making was not disclosed. But we already know mm. there was a bag. There, we already There's know. Some big money involved. Yeah, we yeah. already know that, right? Um, <clears throat> now, my question before I, I played a clip that uh, actually intrigued me, right? But does this mean that boxing is just going to be left for his brother or is he going to dibble and dabble? Cause I, I, I feel that 
with this, Logan is trying to be just the overall entertainer, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. Anything I could do. and I, But I'm athletic, so I think this platform would make the most sense of me showing my personality plus showing how athletic I am. I think it's a good look, but w- what do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he... Uh probably just didn't want to do anything with boxing anymore because that, that, and he never really, I don't know that he fought anyone uh, that, I mean, of course, he fought Floyd Mayweather, but before that, I think he fought KSI, which was another YouTuber. So I don't know that it was like a a run to do professional boxing, but it was like, hey, let's do it for entertainment. I'm going to fight KSI, who's another YouTuber. Oh, what's the next big thing? Oh, fight one of the best boxers alive, Floyd Mayweather. And then it's like, ah, yeah, so I'm with you on that. I think it's going the entertainment route definitely probably is a good fit for his brand, too. Yeah, so I I found a clip that may explain why this is a good fit for actually both parties, for Logan as well as WWE. I don't have a WWE fan base. And I think that's why they like me here is I'm able to, I, I believe part of my value comes in bridging the gap between like mainstream and this WWE world. And I can kind of do this a little bit. I agree with that. That's huge. Yeah, I I think that's a good look from a WWE standpoint, because it's like, all right, they have, first off, they have loyal diehard fans fan base like yeah. i know 50 and 60 year olds who still watch wrestling like mm. and i'm like okay you know that mm-hmm. i, I left the that world still a long time yeah. yeah i left i left that world a long time ago um but there are people who still watch there's new people that watch it clearly right mm-hmm. um and i think this is going to be a good look for cuz he has 23 million subscribers on his YouTube channel uh, on his YouTube channel alone. That's not including all wow. the followings he have on other social media platforms, but mm-hmm. he has a huge following base. If we're trying to gain more people, um, of, especially of his generation. Yeah, let's, and he already likes it. Mm-hmm. Boom. Why don't we, why don't we give him a contract? And then of course, uh, like I said earlier, where, you know, Logan is is athletic, a whole personality. Boxing didn't necessarily allow him to show his personality, right? It, it didn't, you can't create a storyline mm-hmm. per se in boxing. You you can have it kind of in the, you know, the the pre-shows or the, the warm-ups of up to the fight where you have to create who's the good guy, bad guy kind of vibe. But WWE is all about storyline. It's it's all about that. Now, for some people, is it real? Is it fake? I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily care. I'm just being honest. It's entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Um, but once again, this is also a good look because I remember I read somewhere that WWE was having like a whole bunch of layoffs from... Uh, wrestlers. I don't know if you read that. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. there was a whole, uh, like a 
like a whole layoff situation. So maybe it was making room for new people. Who Who's to say that WWE won't pull the same thing as, let's say, uh, record labels where they find the top social media uh, people or mm -hmm. athletes and things like that and let's make them into stars. So I think this is a, a good yeah. look for both parties. And, of course, we already know. He's not moving without a bag. So there has no, for sure. to be some of some interest with some that. big money involved. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, two, two lessons here. And I, I speak to this often. I always talk about the importance of brands and businesses making moves to make sure that they extend the lifeline of their business. Right. Every business can only stay alive. But so long. So when you do things to introduce a younger audience to your product, your service, your brand, your business, what you're doing is you're literally extending the lifeline of your business because now younger people are going to be attracted to what you do and they're going to bring it up for a couple more years and maybe pass it down to the next generation. So that is super important. If you have a fan base, uh, a following, a customer base, a business, a brand that is serving 50, 60, 70 year olds, nothing to them. That's like my mom's generation. Let's just say that. Well, the opportunity for them to continue buying and consuming within your ecosystem is very limited. But once my mom passes it on to me and I pass it on to another younger generation, let's say a group of people that I mentor at high school, well, guess what? Then I just brought another maybe 20, 30 years of bandwidth for that business. So I always say that. I know sometimes it can be intimidating when we look at the next generation. Every, every generation goes with this. Oh, I don't like their music choice. Oh, these people are a little bit different. Oh, this next generation is this. But they're usually more talented. Every generation gets better no matter what we say. I'm sure, you know, there are some people who are looking at our generation like, man, these knuckleheads are not going to amount to nothing. Well, guess what? Uh, we're kind of doing pretty good for ourselves. Same thing with the next generation. They're doing phenomenal as well. So if you're a business or a brand on the sidelines, like wondering how can I bring more eyes to what I'm doing, consider bringing some younger people into your organization and what you're doing a part of the mix. The other thing is, and, and I would be interested to see this happen, the WWE has, a, has done a phenomenal job of turning their wrestlers into movie stars. And I think that's where he's headed too. I look at The Rock, uh, the Rock uh, John Cena, you know, a few others who've made appearances from wrestling into movies. And that'd be interesting. I might, I could see that like in his, you know, in his, in his makeup or somewhere in his future that I wouldn't be surprised. I could see that happen. I don't know if he needed WWE to do that, but I definitely could see that. Because it's television. Like, I mean, I'm not saying hey, YouTube hey. stars don't get TV deals. There's some who do, but... Mm -hmm. It's not as consistent when you're working with TV. I think yeah. their production is still top notch and they stream you to a little bit more, you know, more people that I don't know. I don't know what they did. I'm just saying I, this is kind of like my kind of guesstimated opinion. I'm like, man, what if that translates into some form of movie stuff, which uh, which would be cool, especially if he's in it for the entertainment. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. So this next clip, um, I'm actually excited about, okay? Um, the, the topic goes more on, do we push our brand more or do we push being a pioneer of the industry more, right? So once again, 
I swear, we say this every week. Shout out to EYL for having some of the best interviews in the game. They were talking to one of the uh, the members, um, exec mem- members of FaZe Clan. Uh, for those who don't know who FaZe Clan is, is a pretty much a gaming team that is literally killing that industry and is worth a billion dollars. And they make money from competitions to uh, sponsorships to Twitch subscriptions to merchandise to digital, like crazy. And the members, the actual gamers, there's people who make like up to a million dollars just doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And in in this interview, there was a really dope bar about, you know, pushing the industry more than pushing your brand. So let me play it. I'm thinking about pushing gaming. I'm not thinking about pushing phase plan. And when you're in an emerging industry and you're a bleeding edge um, company, that's, I think, the way you should think. You need to transcend your own business, transcend, as far as thought process goes, transcend your own brand um, and franchise and think about how can I push this space, right? So, and there's certain moves that when we make those moves, a lot of our quote unquote competitors, they make, they make more money. You know what I mean? Because we're unlocking and kicking down certain doors, and and those are the moves I love to make. Man, that's good. That's that's good. It's like literally saying, which is actually, uh, there's a lot of truth in that. Your brand can only grow as big as the industry that it's in, right? And in a lot of cases, when you think about that, the more that your industry market cap grows, and think about this from a financial standpoint, the more dollars you have to potentially eat up from that market cap, right? I think about, for example, the metaverse. Well, the big number that's roaming in the metaverse right now is $5 trillion. If it can get up to mass adoption or to its potential in the next few years, it can get up to $5 trillion. Well, if you're a brand that's operating heavy in that ecosystem, then whatever percentage you take up of the market cap is your, the money that you take home, right? So certainly if you're, if you're in a, let's say another market cap, I don't know, something like, and they say this a lot more so with sport teams when, when they think about how much they're gonna pay certain players, if they're in a small market that doesn't have a large, uh, say, TV viewing or fan base, they know that that person's career earnings are likely to be less just because the, the team doesn't expose them to a wider audience. So their, their brain can only grow so much. So what do some players do? Some players choose to get traded to big markets so that they can get more eyes on their brands, especially if you're not a star player like a LeBron James or a Steph Curry, that people are looking for you from every market. But if you're someone who's up and coming and you play for, I'm not too familiar with basketball, but if you play for like a very small market or a fan base, then the chances of you actually making a name for yourself are going to be slim to none. But if you get traded to an L.A., a Knicks, or, you know, somewhere in New York, Miami, those bigger fan bases, you get more eyes on you. Well, that's literally translating into this, this saying here that as the market cap grows, that grows. The other thing, too, I think it's actually super respectable because if you're truly passionate about it, then you got to want the mission of what you're a part of to supersede even yourself. So it reminds me of something that Elon Musk said, where he talks about 
I don't care to be the first person or the one to build the best electric car. I just care that we as society take on or, or are more open to the idea of electric vehicles because it's going to literally help our ecosystem. So he's like, even if I don't do it, like, let's just say I get it 60% of the way there. And then Ford or some of these other companies jump on and take it the rest of the way and they get everyone to adopt them. Well, I'm still happy even if I didn't do it. So I think there's a level of respect to say that, to say, yo, I'm willing to be a pioneer for the industry, not just my brand or my company. I'm willing to be a pioneer to get it in, to get it so so much uh, so so much eyes and so much attention that even if I'm not the person to get it there, at least I contribute to the actual completion of the mission. So that's that's really dope. I like that thought process. Yeah, I think it goes towards: Are you a uh, selfish brand or mm. selfless brand? I mean, yeah. so. There's, there's nothing. So here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be on, on top, wanting to be, uh, the number one in the industry. But if we're not paving the way for others to do it better than us or others to have it a bit easier than us, then we're just here for self. Right. And, and I love what, uh, FaZe Clan is doing as far as like, yo, it is about the gaming industry, period. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not about FaZe Clan being the the in front of everything. When you hear gaming, you you have to see FaZe Clan. It's not about that per se, even though I didn't necessarily uh really understand the how big gaming was until maybe a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. And all I kept hearing was face clan face. And I was like, I don't even know what I remember. I don't know if it was this year, or last year, Snoop Dogg signed to, to face clan. Um, more sports people. I think even LeBron's son, Bronny's on face clan. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's being more common. You keep hearing about it. And it's like, okay, they're clearly a, a stronghold in gaming. But to say, yo, what we're doing is putting gaming on our back. And by doing that, some of our competitors are going to see our gaps and make way more money because we've done it this way. They clearly see an easier way of doing it and they're going to go that way. And that's fine because at the end of the day, what you can't say you name gaming you you still have to say our name and so i look at that with with just building a brand and building a business like are we just here for self and just wanting to make the most money and and wanting to be known as just the top person the whole time right or the top business the whole time or are we trying to really, when they say the name of the industry, not just that niche, not just, you know, this part of it, when they say the industry, they have to say your name, you know, and that's going to come with a lot of bumps and bruises. That's going to come with a lot of highs and lows. And when you, when you think such big picture, like 
sky's the limit and you are almost known more for being the OG. And I'm glad that I said Snoop. Like, Snoop is one of the most famous people ever. Like, Mm -hmm. grandmas and babies know of Snoop Dogg, right? He's one of the pioneers, right, of that particular era, right? Run DMC, when we're talking about hip-hop, one of the pioneers. Have there been people on both cases who's made more than Snoop, that made more than Run DMC? Absolutely. Has done things a little bit better? Absolutely. But when we speak of certain genres, certain industries, we have to bring up people's names. And when we're talking about hip-hop, We can bring up Snoop for being one of the most famous. We could bring up Run DMC for being the pioneer, right? When we think of acting, Denzel, hands down, you know, one of them. And there's there's more. It's comedians. You're thinking of uh, Eddie Murphy. Like, you want to create a brand, but put the industry and that new form of of innovation on your back and push that more than pushing yourself because it's going to have a bigger impact later down the line instead of just like okay I was hot for this amount of time or you know from this era and this era I was on the charts or I was the number one entrepreneur or I was on Forbes and, and great and then what and then what? And just yeah. so, I'm all for pushing an industry. Yeah, it's I mean, major. We're going to talk more about Phase uh, Clan on the after show. So if you are not part of the after show, make sure uh, you join on Apple Podcasts on the All Access Squad. Little plug, little plug. Um, but okay. Uh, I may make it audible because of something I said, but I try I won't. I won't. I won't. You saw where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. You saw where I was going I with that. But I, did. I won't. Um, let's talk about uh, somebody who doesn't speak. All right. Let's talk about somebody who doesn't speak, who has about 145 million followers on TikTok. Okay. Brand deals out of the wazoo. Right. And this individual's name is Kabe. Lame? No, Kabe Lame. Look, look, That's I already right. asked, I already put his last his first name wrong. Kabe Lame. Some people say lame and I just didn't feel like that was right. I'm not calling him that. OK, I respect you as a New Yorker. Yeah. Kabe Lame. OK, um. For those who don't know who he is, he literally reacts to some suspect life hacks uh, <laughs> that the internet has had and has just blown up like in the past two years. Like two, three years ago, he was like a waiter. He didn't have anything, wow. right? Um, and so I was watching this video from uh, Nas Daily that covered him. And 
there is such a lesson in this particular clip that we had to go over. So let's look, uh, let's look at Kabi. In one month, I got nine views and two subscribers. Two subscribers? Yes, sir. <laughs> but he didn't care. He continued to make videos. He did not talk, so everyone understood. He was funny, so everyone laughed. And he was simple, so everyone shared. I don't, I don't know if people caught, caught that and how simple it mm -hmm. was. Like, first, let's talk about the journey. You hear the end result, which is 145 at, at the moment that this is being recorded, 145 million followers on TikTok. Uh, he got uh, crowned the, uh, what is it, the most followed person most on TikTok? TikToker, yep. yeah. Yep, the most followed. Um, but if you heard in that clip, he had like two subscribers. He had nine views. And the only thing he wanted to do was make people laugh. And, and he had that purpose and he kept going and going and going. And it, that's what people are not getting where it's like, okay, that beginning part for everybody is going to be very discouraging. And it's going to really weave out who's really here for this and who's, who's really not. Like mm -hmm. some people are starting brands and businesses because they see everybody doing it and they see that, okay, I don't got to listen to people. Like I don't have to listen to my boss no more. I don't want to be told what to do. You know what? I'm going to start my own stuff. I'm seeing everybody successful on social media. I'm going to do this. And you're not understanding those first couple of months, years are going to suck. That's real. You're, you're going to not make money. I'm not going to say you're broke because maybe you make money somewhere else. You're not going to make money right away. Sometimes you're not going to have the views, the follows. You're not going to have the impact that you expect just because you stayed consistent for four weeks straight. You know, um, it, it, it's refreshing to see like his positive attitude, even when he spoke, about y'all had like two views and like two subscribers. That was it, right? Yeah. It was very refreshing to see, but then how his content is for those who don't know, like literally he just does reactions and he does facial expressions and that's mm -hmm. it. He says absolutely nothing. He actually speaks a whole different language. We heard him speak English, but he speaks a whole different language. And understanding, yo, I want to make everybody happy. That's global. Maybe I don't have to speak because that's already going to limit my audience. So what can I do that is going to make it of a more of a global impact that is going to be very simple and, and shareable, right? Like, what? That's my... Yeah, that's mind-blowing for me because it's, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah. okay, if I'm trying to create global a global brand, how can I communicate with every single person, no matter 
what language culture you are, you're going to understand me. This man said, I'm not going to say anything at all. Mm. Absolutely nothing at all. I'm just going to react to whatever video I can react to that makes sense. Like, so he could have been watching an, uh, uh, a Chinese video. He could be watching a Portuguese video. He could be watching a Nigerian video and he could have reacted and it would have gotten the same impact because it's for everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, we are not thinking this simple. We're thinking complex and hence why we're limiting ourselves to what we're being exposed to or who our yeah. audience is already because we overcomplicate and overthink everything and things can be just that simple to blow up. It took him two years to yeah. blow up. It's crazy. He said nothing. That's crazy. That's crazy. Two years and 145 million followers. That's crazy. All right, that's crazy. That's what we said it last week, y'all. Listen, three, three, two, three years in this era is all. If you can really hit your find, hit your mark, find your stride. Two, three years is all you need. Sky is the absolute limit. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you've been through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. If you can find your stride and just lock in, two to three years, you will look up and be like, "Where am I? <laughs> this is crazy." My guy is just a. That's all I remember right. from his videos. Right. This right here, this move right here, like, it's that easy, right? So, no, nah, I love what you said, though. It is brilliant to say, if I want to talk to this many people, whether it was intentional, if that was his thought process or not, or the stars just lined up for him, whatever it is, when you think about it, the number of cultures, every, every, every label that he's broken by not speaking... And this is a good lesson for those of us who think that the only way for me to be successful and get sales is I got to be a speaker, I got to be a good wordsmith, or I got to be talking all this deep stuff online. That's not necessarily true. My guy has gotten all of this not having said pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. But I also think about it in the way that he's able, he's also opened up his market or his, uh, the, the content that he can use because he doesn't care what you're speaking, right? Like right. he's just looking for as those, those life hacks, like we mentioned. So it doesn't matter what language you speak. It's like, imagine us doing the show and using clips from all 100 plus languages that exist out in the world. Finding clips is not going to be an issue at all. So I think that's another thing that happened. It's like, yo, it doesn't matter what you speak. So I love that. And it's like, it's four takeaways that you could take from this. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Because the, the, the two subscribers, nine, view, nine views in two years translated to 145 million. That's crazy. Don't give up. Like, I, I know it sounds it's so cliche. I don't even want to say it, but don't give up. It's like, man, imagine, imagine, I always think like, imagine if you would have stopped early. Imagine if you're doing the right thing, but you just stopped early. Ah, oh, man. Crazy. Oh, man. Don't give crazy. up. Don't give up. And speak in a way that people could understand. Whatever that means for you. I mean, maybe you don't, we're not going to be literal with the, okay, let's just point so that way we can talk to so many different cultures. But in the way that you are speaking to your audience and your customers and your following right now, can you do a better job of making sure they understand what you're saying? Right. We can all get better at that. So yeah, no, this is 
phenomenal clip. I'm, I'm excited to make some content off of this. That's crazy. Shout out to Kabi. And stop making fun of me saying names wrong. I just want to put that out there. Hey, I always say it wrong. It happens. Leave me alone. It's part of the show. It's part, part of the show. show. I mean, but uh, let's get into this next clip. Uh, uh, part of the EYL network. I'm almost about to say uh, they need to put us because as much as we talk about it. But with, yeah. that's, that's not the conversation. Uh, yeah. Part of the EYL network. Shout out to 19 Keys. And Wall Street Trapper, they had high-level conversations uh, this past weekend, depending on when you watch this or hear this. Um, and Wall Street Trapper said something really dope on that episode about decision-making that instantly I thought about, yo, this could apply for why people purchase your uh, product or service why people watch your content, why people engage with your stuff. Um, and it comes with three tips. So uh, get your pen and your pad because this is going to help your brand completely. How you show them that what you're teaching them going to better their life? Ego, visualization, and emotion. Those are three principles that help people make a decision. Egoism is... What does this do for me? How does it benefit me? Can you show me that? Okay, you can't, cool. Visualization. Can you take me to a place that shows me visually that what you've done is worth or emotionally, can you get that out of me to, to uh, cause an emotion that allows me to take an action? Man, man, I like that. I like that. That's so simple. And, it, and, and, and this goes to show you how much thought goes into uh, getting people to believe in what you're teaching them so that they can be successful. I think this is especially for people who utilize trainings, teachings. You know, you, you have students that enroll into your programs or whatnot, and you're wondering, well, why are they not getting the type of success that they have? Or how can I get them to experience more success? Or how can I get them to better believe in this? I, you might be doing something that you know works, it's worked for you. You believe in it. It's a, it's, a, it's a proven concept, a proven model, but you're having trouble duplicating that in them or getting them to realize that that too can happen for them. You got to realize, and I always talk about the idea of humans being the most selfish beings on the planet or the most selfish in general because we treat everyone like we are. So I automatically assume that if this is how I got it, then this is exactly how you need to get it. Well, the reason why I may have found benefit from something may be different than how you may find benefit from it. I may benefit from it financially. Maybe you don't care about money like that. Like Nikki's not someone who's necessarily gonna move on money, ever. She's, that's not necessarily her interest. So if I'm trying to persuade Nikki on why this will work for her and I'm using money as the only shiny object or the only valuable outcome from it, she's not gonna be interested. Well, why is that? Because I'm trying to use what has convinced me to try and convince her with it. So, so be mindful of that, that not everyone is going to respond to the things that you care about. You gotta really pay attention to the minor details of what makes other people really tick or make them want to give more or try harder, whatever those things may be. So I like those three. They're super linear, very simple because 
you can't force your answers into every one of those lines or every one of those principles. You have to almost put them out there and think about the people that you're working with and say, I wonder what their answers are to this question so that I can, so that I can be more intentional on delivering that to them or showing them how those desires can get fulfilled through what I'm doing here. So yeah, phenomenal. Shout out to Trap for that. So, okay. So let's break down the three, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, from a business standpoint, yeah, ego, right? Mm-hmm. How would that translate in your world? Yeah, well, based on what he said, he's saying it's showing people that it clearly what's in it for them, right? Like, how do they benefit? How do they get better? Am I getting better financially? Am I able to save more time, effort, and energy based on my involvement or my learning of what you're teaching? Am I going to be able to pass this on? Right. Maybe I it's not necessarily for me, but it's for other generations, family members, futures. Am I gaining health? So one of the things that I would think about here is think about what people care about or even think of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Those seven needs. That's the most simplest way. And if you think about those, you're going to, for the most part, cover one of the drivers that people care about or they're moved by. They, like that's, they want to see one of those things, whichever is highest for them. And if you can figure that out, then immediately, and you can speak to it. So not only figure it out, but you can figure it out and speak to it. That's how you're going to get people to pay attention to it. The, the ones that I often go to is how can I make someone more money? How can I save them, uh, uh, make them or save them money and, and time as well? I think those are the easiest for most people. They're pretty cool with that. Like, yo, if you're going to give me something that can be convenient, so I save time or something that allows me to make more money so it pays for itself, then that's a no-brainer. And I'll talk about it from a from a branding and, like, content standpoint. From, a, from an ego standpoint, like, your content your or whatever you're selling to of your brand, it's like, why do I care? Like, why do I care about this? Uh, and in the first couple of seconds that they see your stuff, it has to be, what is it in for me? Mm-hmm. Not, not no storyline, not anything else. What, what is it in there for me that I care about? And if you get that right now, you got their attention, right? So then it comes to the other two stops, which is uh, vi- one of them is visualization. So from, from your world, what would visualization be like? Yeah, I think it's showing them what's possible. A lot of times people will use the history of their lives to almost use that as proof of what their future will look like. A lot of people, while they may want different, they just don't believe that it's literally possible for them. So you have to be an example of what what this transformation or outcome that you're promising, what that actually looks like. So, of course, you got to be a walking example of that. You should be able to show others that. Uh, And sometimes you may need to create some form of destination trip. I've talked about this with some of our community members where I said I took clients literally on an excursion to show them the experience, to, to take them through the lessons and the thought process that I needed them to embody in their work. So I couldn't necessarily go in their workplace and show them, okay, here's how it's got to work because I don't know nothing about how they do their work but I can take them somewhere almost neutral that gets their mind and then they can go home and be like, yeah, this was like a Mr. Miyagi trick. Like it literally created this, 
you know, wipe on, wipe on, wipe off type thing for me. So, yeah, I think you got to be able to get people out of their current moment or out of their past and literally create a new future for them. And from a branding standpoint, we got to see what the transformation is. Whatever your point is, and we already got from the ego standpoint of what is it for me in this, but then how do I see myself after dealing with you? Well, how do I see myself with what you're offering? Like, what is the huge transformation and can I see myself doing this? And the easier you break that down visually that we can see whether from, uh, you know, uh, male, female, uh, non-binary, from cultural situation, from where location, money, tax bracket, all that. If I could see me in this content and I could clearly see the transformation and I know you're speaking to me. It makes all the kind of sense to me. Now, mm-hmm. last one was emotion. What, what would you say about that? Yeah, so off the bat, people don't really sustain. They may start, but they, they're rarely going to sustain something that, that doesn't trigger them emotionally, that they don't feel some form of connection to. So I don't know that I, I don't believe that you can make people care unless you're introducing them to something that they didn't know about. But that's something you got to help them find. So it's not something you give to them. You got to help them find. You got to think about what do, you, what do you need to share? What do you need to almost remove or uncover or help them to discover so that they can find something within that maybe they just kind of put a lot of dirt over and moved on because life forced them to. So lastly, that's the, that, that emotional connection is what's going to help someone stay consistent. We know that there's nothing on earth that can happen overnight, that, that magic pill or any, any of those things, they don't exist. But for everything to work, you're, what they need to work, right? Or, or, or the involvement, they have, to, they have some things that they have to follow through with as well. But for that to happen, there's got to be an emotional connection. So I think brands and businesses need to be intentional, specifically from a business standpoint too, at least from my end, you got you to gotta remove barriers out of their way so that they can discover something that they may have overlooked where they could be like, oh shoot, I care about this in a way, or I now see this in a way that makes me care about it in ways that I've never cared before. I got to take it seriously, more seriously this time. And that's what actually helps to follow through and is connected to the other two points as well. Yeah. And this actually made me shout out to B Simone uh random. She made me um she recommended this book, The Untethered Soul, right? Great book. Started listening to it, right? Mm-hmm. Really good. But they were speaking about um like how all our senses, if a movie could figure out how to engage all our senses, oh, it's a wrap. Like whatever the movie would say, we would have to do, right? So when I think about these three words, like the ego, the visualization, the emotion, right? We hear it, we see it, and then we feel it, Mm. right? We just don't have taste, right? Don't have that. Mm -hmm. But to have those three senses, like, 
taken over based off our brand and our content and products and services, like it moves us in certain ways. So if it, if we feel some kind of uh, purpose with this particular brand, with this particular content, oh, I'm for it. If I feel happy, if I feel maybe anger to the point where I need to make a change, like what this is literally saying from a decision-making standpoint is I'm trying to attack your senses in order to make this decision. And if mm -hmm. we could think from a branding standpoint of how do I trigger people's uh, senses and direct them into the way that I need to, it's game over. I can get my audience to do whatever because I'm getting their their sound, I'm getting their their uh, feelings, I'm getting their what they're seeing. If I can figure out taste, it's a wrap. Yeah. If I can figure that out, like oh, bet. But can we at least lock down these three senses for? our audience to move the way we want them to move. So I, I, I thought what Trapp said was spot on and is how he was speaking on it was in one way, but how I received it was, oh, this is going to be a game changer for people who are building their empires with their brand. Mm -hmm. Because if you can, if you can master the decision-making uh, in that standpoint, you won't struggle. Can't be you won't stopped. Struggle. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be stopped. Oh, that's real. So, shout out to 19 Keys and Wall Street Trapper. <laughs> now we're going to go over on this on this uh on this episode cuz we got two oh, more clips. Go. Yeah, we're going so oh. uh you are here for it. You you're here for the long ride with this with this one. So, uh next clip is going to be from none other, uh, female songwriter Hall of Fame. The first female to receive the Michael Jackson Van Music Video Vanguard Award. Okay? None other than uh, Virginia's own Missy Elliott. Um, and first off, just just a legend, but I was, I was watching some of her interviews. First off, it was her birthday this past week, or depending on when you hear this or watch this, it was, it was her birthday recently. And I'm like, yo, we never really covered Missy, right? We yeah, never, we her love. yeah. And, and Missy, like, I used to love her music videos, like her, sound with Tim was just so unique. And in one of her interviews with Sway, she spoke about, you know, like what's more important, being on top or being respected, right? We, mm -hmm. we always want to be, uh, of course, w when we hit the top, we, it's like a drug. Like, how do we stay there? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but she says some different, and so let's go over it. 
That's one of the things I think because people think that you're gonna be hot forever. Yeah. You won't be hot forever. You will. You may always get respect. Yeah. If you're done right. Uh huh. But you won't be hot forever. You. I don't care. At, at 80, mm -hmm. you might not have no joint on the charts. Yeah. But when you walk in that room at 80, if you do right, then people will always respect you. So, I almost aim for the respect more than being on top. You know what I mean? I think, that's, I think that's how I'm moving lately. Uh with my own personal brand, I love that even if I don't get to the top, top of the game, I'm like some famous people, favorite person on Instagram <laughs> right now. I mean, right. like I'm highly respected in some of the rooms that I go to and my name is being said in place I didn't think I was going to be, That's you know? Powerful. So I, I totally agree with this where it's like, you want to be, you want to work on being respected. Once you're on top, you, it can only go down at some point. You may have a, a amazing run, you know, you can have an amazing run, but there's still going to be somebody who needs to take that spot. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it's for innovation purposes, whether it is uh, just a timing purpose, you know, there's there's going to be that. So it goes back to the whole pioneer situation like, OK, I'm, I'm no longer on top, but I'm very respected in this game. Like you could still mention my name and it still brings warm and fuzzy or like, mm -hmm. yo, I remember this time. Like, oh, like and. The respect carries way longer than possibly you're, you know, you're on the top of whoever charts or top of the game, most followers, this, that, and the third. Because even like with, with Kabi, he passed somebody. That person, mm -hmm. I think it was Charlie, right? Oh, um, okay. she, was, she was on top for a while. But somebody's going to pass her. And so now it's more of what have I done in the game that allows me to still be very respected and keep these relationships because the relationships is what's going to keep me on top. Right. It's not right. necessarily my work per se or like my manual work or what got me here. It's really, you know, what have I done for the culture, the industry, the people, involved like what am i really once i'm on on top how do i stay in people's mouths how do yeah. i continuously be on the top of mind and i i would say being respected and that's a, that's my my goal in the <clears throat> whole thing i i run off respect you may not there may be other people in front of me and I'm cool with that. Let them be in front of me. I'm some of y'all favorite famous people, uh, content creator. I promise you, I'm the, I'm like the best kept secret to some of, some of your favorite content creators, some of your favorite celebrities 
And I'm cool with that. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Truth is, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a difference between the two. It's like when you're on top, people respect you because they have to. It's like mm. you're number one. Right. When you're respected, respected, people respect you because they want to. It's because you've earned their respect. They like you. They, they know that you're someone who operates out of integrity and you have good character. So they respect you because they want you. They're going to look out for you. They're going to want to create opportunities for you. They might, they might defend you when you're not in those rooms. We've talked about this in the past, right? So there's a difference when you're on top and you're getting the attention and the respect it's because they have to. They, you can't, if, you, if you're not a whatever type of fan, but they just won the championship, you're going to show them respect because, well, heck, they just won the championship. They just proved that they're the best this year. But you may not always respect them. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a huge difference. But I, I love that. You know, this idea of us competing, I think it's, it's going to wear out more and more, especially as more people realize that the only reason why you're not where you want to be or you're not where they may be is because of you anyway. So they didn't do nothing to you. Like whoever this other person, this other number one is that you feel like you have to compete against or tear them down, it's not because of them that you're, you are where you are. It's because of you that you are where you are. So I think as more people begin to realize that, the more that people are gonna get away from competition and I'm not saying, oh, you got to collaborate over competition. I'm not saying that. The, the context of what I'm saying specific to this is, is us operating in a way that we value our self-respect more than being on top because of the number one spot only brings you respect. It's, it's almost a forced respect. It's not true, genuine respect. So there, there's a difference between the two for sure. I like that. In our next clip, we have to talk about Chris Brown himself. He's on his 10th, 10th, people, studio album. He's been pretty much on the low for past two years um, and dropped his 10th album, Breezy. And the question that even I had at one point was like, yo, why isn't Chris Brown showing more on social media. You almost kind of expect certain influencer celebrities to be like, yo, stay active. Like, we, we need to know about you. You've been gone for like two years. What's up? And he's been active recently with interviews mm -hmm. just because his album is dropping and you see more of his house. Have you seen it? It's like the artwork yeah. is yeah, crazy, right? Mm. Um. But he was recently on Big Boy and he explained why he's not really showing up on social media. So let's go over that. And I can tell that my I can tell my fans this now, like the reason for that. And I'm sorry, you guys, but like I want y'all to remember why y'all love me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This music and why I create and the songs that we do and the, the videos, the magic that I'm trying to bring that back. I feel like. If, you t if I talk about what I ate in this morning or, hey, I'm driving in this car, it it's not going to be, it's not cohesive. It's not going to be healthy. So the music that I create is it's the food that I want to, you know, surplus the world with. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know me. I'm, I'm always going to favor. That's why I brought it I'm up. Always, I was like. I'm always. 
I'm always like, yeah, don't favor. post at all. Don't. You don't even have to. I'm so yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I always, uh, yeah, I always, I always advocate for for things like this. I mean, and and, and Chris, super super respect to him. Like, to uh, I always think it's it's one thing to not do something because you can't. It's another thing to not do something because you choose not to. Chris Brown, and I mean, you got, this guy is super talented. I mean, let us not forget that this is someone who was getting compared to Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson. He can sing, he can dance, he can act. I mean, he's incredibly talented. So when you have that many gifts and you can have some level of focus and just that level of maturity as well coming from him, considering all that he's been through in his career to say, yeah, I chose not to distract my audience from what it's really about. That's phenomenal. Like, I know some people are going to jump to the, the, the number side of it. I'm thinking about the self-work that went into it to say, yo, I'm so good in here that I don't need these likes and these notifications to keep popping up on my phone to feel relevant to feel needed, to feel valuable. So I, I think that part of it has to be highlighted. For all of us, we have to really recognize the importance of this being an inside-out journey, meaning that what you create on the outside is only going to be a reflection or as good as or even as valuable as what you recognize about yourself from within. So I, I see that completely there. So even with some of the decisions that I've made about how I want to utilize social media, because I understand the power of it, but I also understand how detrimental it can be if not used and channeled correctly. So I was someone who I feel misused social media or allowed social media to use me in a way that wasn't so healthy. So that's why I like the only way that I can gain some level of control was to say, all right, let me cut it off, do this, and then I'm gonna come back with my own rules. That's, that's, the, that's the truth from the internal part. I feel that as someone who is often bound by rules, when I can control the rules to some level of capacity, I have more success with it. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I do, like I said, the, that part about just not distracting your audience though. And, and that's, now that's super strategic on a business end to say, no, let me, keep you, let me keep you focused on the main thing. The main thing is the music is what's going to, is what you know me for. It's what puts money in my pocket. It's the art that you appreciate of mine. So let me not show you anything else right. and give other whatever lifestyles or products or services free promotion. Let me keep you waiting so that when I do come back, you know something special is coming. So that rollout, I think, is pretty cool. And we all seen it. When someone goes away for a while, they uh, trigger the, I don't know what sense this is, but the nosiness of all humans. And they're like, oh, what's he doing? What's, what's he up to now? What's, what's she doing? So I'm sure he's utilized that attention and channeled it in a way where it's like, no, yeah, what I'm doing is this album. Go check it out. Go, you know, so I, th that's, that's pretty smart, too. Yeah, and... I'm not mad at it because I always say to the point of like, if we Google you, if we look at your content at this moment, what do you want to be known for? Mm -hmm. And even though Chris has put his stamp when it comes to the music, he's still very in that same mindset. Like, I don't want to put anything out there that would make people question what I do or what I'm about, or have I gotten too big headed or anything like that? Like, 
I want people to know that I'm all about the music. This is who I am. This is what you loved me for. This is what you came through for. And that's all that really matters. I think it gets very tricky when you are known for something and you sometimes uh, put too much of the personal in there. And maybe he didn't honestly know how to balance it, right? Um, And I do also believe that because of some of his personal past situations, he knew the way he got over those personal past situations was showing the work, was outworking everybody in his industry and staying uh, like elite in his game. So he probably goes about it in that standpoint too of, all right, some people have already gotten a glimpse of my personal life. And when they do, they make so much judgment from it or they come up with their own conclusions, which you, what I want you to conclude on is my music. That's all I want you to base me off of. Not what I've, who I've dated, who I've not, um, what happened in my past. None of that. I want you to base me off of my music. And so when you kind of flip it to yourselves, it's more, and I'm for If you could balance it, please do. Please show who you are and what you do because that makes a a holistic kind of personal brand, right? That that truly embodies like why we love you and we know you are super dope at this. But some people just don't know how to balance that. And they're not right or wrong for it. This is what's working for Chris Brown. And he's being open about, hey, look, I want to only show you the music. I don't think you care or should care how many cars I have, what painting I put up in my in my house, how many uh how much clothes I have or anything like that. Now he does show his kids here and there, which is dope. Um he has an NFT project that I had already launched or is about to launch, right? So it's still about the business. Yeah. And he's fine with that. For those people who are growing their brands, it's more of what is your balance? If you have balance, if you don't have balance, that's okay. What side are you picking? Mm -hmm. But if you have balance, what is your cadence? What is a healthy cadence for you that makes you feel that you can still be you, but you still are an expert in this particular industry? So I'm super for that. That's a big fact. I like that. If you can't balance it, don't don't do it. Facts. So follow us on all social media platforms. Make sure you get into that free trial, that 14-day free trial with Ecamm Live, www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm for that 14-day trial. Moose, final words. Yeah, man, don't create problems to every solution and call it hard work. Don't create problems to every solution and call it hard work. Some people, they're naturally gifted at finding a solution to every problem. Their mind automatically goes to that. But some of us, 
we prioritize our ego and being right over the solution. So don't create problems for every solution and call it hard work.